It's time for us uh, to have uh, that business uh, conversation. Be empowered to empower. We're joined by Chairperson of Adama Holdings and Amanda Omnoto, Kukule Tukaba. Thank you very much, Nungosi, for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, Manduli and the A-teamers at home. Thank you so much for having me. I'm telling you, um, after <laughs> everything that we are facing and the discussions we've been having around the challenges, I'm glad that we are talking about uh, empowering others, uh, but also empowering ourselves. So where do we start the conversation? Times are tough. We need something to inspire us. Yes, uh, firstly, let's congratulate the matriculants. I have one in my house and he hasn't been sleeping well these past few days. He's still waiting for tomorrow uh, to get his results. Man, (laughs) tell him to relax. We trust him. We trust his ability. The the good doctor just did advise us to really be good at them. And I just told him, Jim, he must just relax. Yeah, and um, maybe before we get into today's topic, Manduli, you know, I, I had a conversation with a, a vet professor. I met him in, at, at King Shaga coming over here. Now, especially because we're waiting for matrix, matriculants results, others have been released. It was so interesting and refreshing to hear, to have a conversation where he was touching on uh, the importance of higher education institutions and the fact that we, you know, you've got a million um, students at our universities each year, but with colleges, uh, TVETs, we were 700,000. And when you look at how our university, uh, and then universities elsewhere, like in London, there are more universities in London, more, uh, more than we have universities in South Africa. Mm. Uh, and again, for, for a ratio of uh, one a university, at least you must have four Tibet colleges. It was such a, a refreshing conversation because I, I began to probe him and said, look, you're a professor. What does this mean? And and he said, look, one of the main reasons why we are not able to cap this unemployment that is so high is because of such factors. So I hope that things are going to be done better even by our government going forward to increase the number of uh, Tibet college students and Tibet colleges, the, the infrastructure itself, building of, of more um, you know, institutions because we're a middle-income country. And one thing that is a problem with a middle-income country out of, I think, five key uh, common characteristics. It's high unemployment rate and the dependence on the primary sector and then primary commodity export dependence. You know, if you just look at those three key things, we are very much high on those things. And I think somewhat we need to bring all brains around uh, trying to solve the problem of unemployment and growth in our country uh, so that we can really flourish and grow. And I do agree with you. I mean, uh, if we don't uh, actively work on um, our current economic uh, situation and actively and collectively do so, it will never change. So we do want to change. Where does the change start? I mean, especially for entrepreneurs, because some of them are nervous right now. Businesses are closing (coughs) down. Yeah, businesses are closing down. And I've I've been lamenting the same for a good number of weeks now um, and hoping that Really, uh, as all of us are singing the same chorus, somebody somewhere is listening because the backbone of all of our challenges currently, even of the economy, is is power. You know, ESCOM. Mm, mm. So, and uh, and and if ESCOM is not functional the way it is right now, um, I tell you, there's more problems that are going to come down the road. The foreign direct investment that should be coming to the country 
is going to be stopped. I mean, there's World Economic Forum now going on as we speak. I think it's finishing tomorrow, where I think the theme is, uh, is, is talking to cooperation in a fragmented world, trying to encourage leaders across the globe to deal with their issues at home and ensure that this fragmentation doesn't continue. Because if it continues, it means we are still going to live in a seriously challenged world. So I think where do we start? You are asking a question. I think for us as entrepreneurs, we have to remain uh, positive. But there is this issue of as an entrepreneur uh, that you always need to do to try and, and balance you know, self-interest with altruism. I always call it that where you are balancing, uh, you know, being generous and accepting and assisting others versus your own uh, personal interest. Um, so in this instance, I thought, Mandu, let's talk about the fact that you must uh, be empowered to empower others. Mm. Yeah. Um, very critical. Um, they say you can't uh, pour from an empty cup, can you? So yes. how do we start that journey of being empowered ourselves? Yeah, I, I, being empowered ourselves is a very, very important uh, thing that we need to do. I'll just make maybe two examples. Um, it's my personal example in the journey when you try and share knowledge and, and, and give people knowledge. And you'd find that, you know, uh, some people don't value that knowledge much, much more than they value what do you have, what have you achieved. Um, and it's important that you try and balance that even. There's a gentleman, I think he's called Professor Billionaire, David Cheriton. He's a professor emeritus at Stanford University, who's made his fortunes uh, through investing in early startups, you know, like Google. You know, we read that he invested, I think, about 100,000 US dollars, which is a reasonable amount of money, but very small in comparison if you talk to the US dollar language. Uh, you know, being a professor, uh, he has built his wealth through investing in such small uh, companies by seeing, having an eye to see that there is a future in this small um, venture and entity. And I therefore need to grow it or grow with it, even if I hold a 10% stake in it. And and, and that is one area, Manduli, when it comes to the entrepreneurship ecosystem in South Africa where there are many ideas that are small, which you'd find many people don't tend to have an eye for those ideas, or they overlook them simply because they are not out there in the open and big. That's just one area which I think as entrepreneurs, especially those that have a bit of money, that they should be able to look outwards, as I, as I was talking, trying to balance your self-interest with, with being altruistic, and say, how do I uplift that venture? where I see there's an opportunity. You know, if you just, that alone becomes a field, Manduli, on its own, where you can actually start scooping and getting a lot of value that is on the downside to the upside because you can see some glitter in something that other people are neglecting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then when we now, we are empowered, right, um, as entrepreneurs, does that journey start from making money? Because another person would say being empowered means you have made money, you are making money. Or does it start somewhere else? Yeah, look, look, it, it, it doesn't start just from making money. You know, everything starts with an idea. 
I think an idea or a thought is, is an ancestor of everything that um, we see in life. So everything has to start somewhere in the mind of someone. But somebody has to believe either in his own uh, idea and pursue it to, to completion, if I were to put it. Or, uh, or somebody else has to believe in somebody's idea and assist that person to complete that idea and put it into becoming a product or a service. So I, I would say to answer your question, it doesn't really start with having money, even though money is very crucial. Money, you know, uh, last week we were talking church economy, which we're still going to bring in the people as you post a challenge to us. Um that are from the church environment, there is somewhere there where the Bible says money answers all things in answer. But it's important that you you combine that understanding that you know the idea can be turned into something, and therefore I have to believe in it because ideas are universal, mind you. Nongkuleko, uh, everybody has got ideas. It's a question of who pursues their idea to a point where their idea becomes a reality, and. In that process, that's where you need to have, first of all, your faith sustaining you and belief in yourself that as I'm tackling this idea, I'm going to move with it and, and until I see it coming to pass. Or if he, even if it doesn't come to pass, um, we have to pursue stuff because in the course of pursuing it, um, you would have developed yourself and land and have become somebody different to when you started. This becomes an important journey of entrepreneurship, which, which makes some of us as, as entrepreneurs to really say, uh, where, even when things are so tough and people say, but you should go, go back to work maybe, you say, but the, the, the person I've become from whence I, ca- I come, uh, I came, it has totally sort of transformed me. I'm more of a butterfly now than when I was a lover and, and, and a pupa and all of that. Let me go to the lines. I've got Atima Gatlejo holding. Good evening, Gatlejo. Yeah, good evening. How are you? We're strong. How are you doing? I'm also strong. Uh, I'm very much uh, impressed with your guest uh, insights. Mm. But I also just wanted to add uh, to the discussion by saying, you know, globally, uh, um, the the patrons, there are two economic uh, modules that are notorious, and the the philosophers who who uh, were the patrons of these economic systems was Adam Smith and Karl Marx, and these these are uh, uh, contradictory uh, paths of development. However, there's something common about both about both economies in terms of their economic literature that uh, small business. Fundament is the bedrock of economic growth. Now, if you look at, for an example, a country like Germany, which is a first world country, the majority of people who work in Germany are actually working for small business. Uh, and I, I don't think there's any country that relies on multinational companies and foreign direct investment uh, for employment. Uh, I think part of the challenge why we are we are facing a serious crisis of joblessness in this country is the fact that there's no environment uh, that incentivizes people to go into small, to, to develop sustainable small businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where the real jobs, those two, it's, I mean, 
multinational companies are not interested in job creation. That's not uh, their fundamental objective. It is their fundamental objective is to have a hold of a market and maximize the profit. Uh, other than that, they don't have an interest in job creation. Tell so, me something, Gatlejo, before you continue. Yeah. What sort of incentives do you think should be there um, for those who are creating employment? Well, small business, in my view, you, you, if you look at, for instance, uh, the small business in this country, you have a number of agencies and organs of the state that are designed to finance small business. However, if you look at the bureaucracy and red tape, it's ridiculous. Uh, number two, I think that uh, uh, you require, in many ways, you require uh, a, a, a spirit of entrepreneurship. So our education system, in many ways, uh, over the past 20 years, since 1994, has reproduced colonial education, and not an education that makes oneself aware, uh, one that makes oneself reliant. So uh, the, the education continues to produce a labor reserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is a, 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 an education. In fact, it's not an, it's not education in my view. It's miseducation because if you don't have self awareness and you cannot locate yourself globally, how can you have agency? So the majority of young people are are not having agency because they are fundamentally miseducated. They are not self aware. They cannot locate themselves in the globe. Yeah. Anyway, that's that. That is just my. Thank you very much, Gatlejo. Thank you for your insight and uh, thanks for calling in. Uh, Nongosi, you've heard Gatlejo. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I was talking to a friend. Thanks, Gatlejo. Very, very valid points, I must mm. say. Yeah, I was talking to a friend today and he, he she was talking about uh, somebody who passed and who didn't have um, life cover but had the best funeral cover. And and therefore the kids are left destitute. And then we had gotten to a discussion where, exactly as Gatlejo is saying, when it comes to the education system as well, as to how many of us or how many people are taught about money, and yet money is so, so crucial. Does, you don't have to become a business person to be taught about it. And even teaching, maybe particularly in the African black communities, uh, people, you'd find they hold three or four funeral covers and there's no life cover because they want the best funeral for themselves. And yet those people who are living behind aren't going to be catered for. So I think this, amongst other topics, talks to perhaps what Gatleko says about issues of proper education as well, even to date. The Adam Smith and Karl Marx, very important dichotomy and the discussion that really has an input in the body of knowledge as to different philosophies and how things get to be tackled. But small business indeed should become a bedrock of economic growth. You see, during the the, 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 the sort of the economic meltdown, as he's referring to Germany, we, I studied that economy. We've got friends that we're doing business with over there. And, and, and we, it turned out that the reason why Germany was so resilient, it's because it had a lot of, it has a lot of small businesses. And, and some of the murder decisions that sometimes people in big boardrooms take uh, are taken in some small, uh, you know, living rooms where people have got their own boardroom meeting and experience where you don't become reckless. So we do, we do need to push our economy as well, very much on the side of small business as well as family-oriented businesses.
all good and well we do need to push our small businesses uh, we need to empower our um, entrepreneurs especially SMEs but without power electrical power how do we do that we're, we're in crisis right now non so last week we even spoke you and I uh, here on yeah. air about about how you know even the farming industry is hard hit that has caused even franchises to close in South Africa we've never seen this in this country Look, we've never seen this in this country, and I'm I'm, I'm still wondering as to uh, <laughs> why are we not standing up to this because it's destroying the future of our children. It's destroying us completely. Um, and and I I have noted as well. I'm sure you've seen that uh, people are complaining about trucks of coal going to Richards Bay to take out the the better quality coal with high calorific uh, value. Out the country and leaving, you know, substandard coal here. Whether that discussion or that argument is is flawed or not, it it really talks to a country that seems to be having a leadership challenge to deal with this matter. I mean, it's 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 over 15 years now. There is a point in time where it was dealt with, I think, with uh, with Brian Leaf and others, and for three years or so there was no load shedding. But we went back. And we are now in the worst position. I mean, we're sitting here like many other people in the country for six hours. Um, food is rotting. Some of these electrical appliances, as soon as this surge comes back, they break. And even people who want to invest, not just DFIs, but local investors, they are holding back. Um, but these are issues that maybe are macro, uh, Manduli, which... I think needs to be attended to by all of us, starting with government, because I'm still wondering why are we having these problems in the land of plenty? Because this is the backbone of our economic activities. And again, we need to develop the productive economy as opposed to a consumption economy, which is what we are. Yes. And reduce the reliance on imports, which is what unfortunately we've tended to be. We just are busy importing lots of stuff. I mean, with the food, with the food crisis coming, it's looming. Um, these these franchises that are chicken based. I'm I'm sure you've seen. Uh, they, they are lacking. They don't have enough meat, chicken meat. I can tell you, just watch the space. The prices are going to soar, as they are soaring as well right now. So as as such, the price of food and commodities and everything else just goes up. We can't just be uh, keeping quiet here, we need to find a solution and that solution must be found fast. And again, I, I emphasize the just energy transition, it must really be just and not be unjust as I see it currently because the the countries that are pushing us to be doing this just energy transition are busy producing and and they are, they are the ones dating the atmosphere the most and we are said to be the one that is polluting in the in the entire African continent, but how unjust can that be when we are having such high levels of unemployment, and we know the base load doesn't really come from the solar or wind, it comes from your fossil fuels in particular nuclear. So those are issues that we can't be dilly dallying about them, and I think we are busy dilly dallying, and then we are trying to build on the other side, but we are killing on the other side. Let's go to an A-teamer's voice note. Hi. Uh, and 
Thanks for this evening's program. I think uh, I've heard of children overseas that get PhD at university at 12 years old. And from my own experience, I taught my sister the equation of a circle when she was about three in preschool. Today she's a manager at a big company in transportation. So it shows that if we treat the young well as we are teaching them to respect that they may hear whatever we are teaching them, they may see whatever we are teaching them, and so on and so on. It's a good thing. Mm, I like that. I like that. Teach them while they are still young. In Isizulu, it says, and I think empowering a young mind is the most important, isn't it? Very important, as well as to have equity in the education system. Um, I, I always make note as well to say there are students who are in private schools who get results earlier than the public schools. Why, why, why are we having that discrimination with our students? Well, we are all students. They are also Africans at the same, uh, you know, uh, when you start putting those barriers between kids, you know, some of us started in what is called Mandu education. We had to go to your so-called white universities, having not touched the computer. But the fact is, what is demanded from uh, someone who studied at your high-end education system is demanded of me as well, coming from and education, having started using a candle. So the, 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 the ultimate, the output must be the same for people who have been given different uh, treatment when it comes to education. But I think there's a lot of justice that needs to be served right across because, you know, we are human beings after all, over and above being classified, uh, whether racially or ethnically or whatever. Ultimately, we have, we, we have a higher identity of being human beings that must be treated fairly. So I think the caller, just to expand, expand further on what he has said, we need to start them young, but give them all quality education and believe in the ability of, of students, I mean, of, of young people to say they can do better, they can be what they are supposed to be, and sometimes even better than us as their parents. Hi, this is Patricia and your guest is Doomsie from Cape Town. Uh, the issue of ESCOM is very heartbreaking. But uh, in my opinion, at the center of it is a lack of transparency. Majority of people do not exactly know what is happening. In a normal organization, the first thing you would in institute a forensic audit once you are sorting out whatever they are sorting out, there should be a forensic audit of ESCOM. Before that, whatever decisions that they are coming up with, because they are contradicting themselves, a forensic audit is long overdue. So that we get to the bottom of what is really happening. Why are we in this space where we are? Thank you, Dumzi. Um, Nongkosi, we are talking about uh, be empowered to empower. What sort of businesses should entrepreneurs uh, get into that will 
empower themselves and also empower those around them? Yeah, it, 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 it's really very important to study the uh, political economic environment or the economic environment to know that uh, how our environment functions, what makes Africa's economy tick. Um, uh, like we always say, some of the things, number one, has to be uh, based on the import substitute where you study. I mean, the DTIC has got a list of things that we import from other countries. Just going to their website and seeking information from there as an entrepreneur will enlighten you a great deal to say, I need to come into this sector and even perhaps join associations that are uh, for that particular sector who are helping to advance certain uh, economic interest within a sector, for instance, who are saying, well, we need to stop a lot of imports and, and have local production. So there is a list of many things that an entrepreneur can pick up from there and say, these are issues or, 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 or uh, businesses I need to get into. I think that's just from a scientific uh, point of view. I know they, they, someone will argue and say it's not as easy as I'm, I'm saying it, but it's things that we are trying to do right now. There are other new industries as well. When you're talking circular economy or waste itself, uh, there's a lot of opportunities that can be found in that particular space. Uh, with a lot of waste that we produce as a country, so much can be done. In the agricultural space, Manduli, it's, it's, it's opportunities galore. We are now in, a, in an era where there's a lot of these uh, diseases that were like one that we, we just came out of, which is still here, lacking in the air, where people must eat healthy, must uh, eat all those healthy herbal stuff that is uh, unadulterated, which must be farmed, like the, the, the moringas we always talk about here. And there alone, um, at some point, we'll have to delve deep into it because it's one area for me that is so, so interesting, which I think uh, people who want to do business in the farming sector must begin to get into. And medicinal herbs, their whole bouquet of uh, products within the medicinal herbs space. And the one that I was citing with Professor Billionaire of the ICT based, high end based businesses where you, you identify opportunities. And even for those who want to do it with money, there are a lot of our people with money, especially the guys in the tender space who have acquired so much money. Please convert that money, put it into some productive assets, whether into property, grow your portfolio, uh, invest in some of small businesses, which you will be very happy that uh, with all uh, things equal, you know, the growth could be you know, inevitable, and you find your investment has grown. So there's many uh, issues that, uh, I mean, sectors that people can look into, Mandir. Nongose, as we wrap up, uh, are you going to be having more virtual sessions? And if so, how do we get in touch with you at Amandla Omnod? On Sunday, 22nd January, from half past uh, uh, four to six o'clock, we'll be having programs update of Amandla Omnod. Uh, we'll update our Facebook page as of tomorrow or Saturday giving them the link of our Zoom, or go to our website where we always update stuff, which is www.amandaomnoto.co.za. Excellent, Nungosi. Thank you so very much. Always such a pleasure having you enlightening and empowering. Thank you so much, Mpemba. Appreciate it. It's 11 o'clock. Let's go to Mudupi Mahalimela with the news update. Mudupi, hey, ta'awala.